Hello. With almost 50 years of combined experience in the real estate brokerage, investment, and construction industries, and with radio, television, podcasts, magazines, and books under their belts, the hosts of Broker Talk, Larry Lawfer, and myself, Jim Lowenstern, are here to answer your questions related to all things real estate each and every week. We're broadcasting the show today, hi, from the top of the Castles Unlimited Space Needle in Boston, Massachusetts. Evan is running the board. How are you doing today, Larry? I am doing excellent, Jim. And, you know, the problem with all of those years of experience and everything is uh, we have a little too much under our belts, and our belts are getting bigger. <laughs> so Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I am. Thank you. Um, uh that's just because my wife's not here to speak for me in that regard. Um, we have a really exciting uh, show today. We've got Steve Bremis in the house of Steve Bremis uh, Realty Group. Yes, there they are. Thank and you you're many fans, Steve. Um, Steve is the chairman of the newly formed Somerville People's... Um, People's it's like, property owner, yeah, the property <laughs> owners uh, coalition, and he's uh, fighting in uh, the Somerville uh, legal systems about rent control, condo redevelopment, and uh, these types of issues. And before we get into what's happening today, I just wanted to give our audience a little update on uh, rent control and these issues. There's no doubt that rents in our area, the Massachusetts area, the special Especially around Boston, are outrageous. It's almost impossible to rent something uh, that's affordable. That's an issue for everyone. That's not been the issue throughout our history, but it has happened sometimes. 1918, uh, it all started in 1918 when New York had a housing issue. Um, then it was back during World War II when. Um, Everyone was flocking to the cities to build up for the war. There, there wasn't affordable housing. There's a number of ways in which you try and control your housing, and it really comes down to two things. Are you for the tenants, or are you for the property owners? Am I uh, stating that correctly, Steve? I think you are. Um, so in this breakdown, we, uh, both sides can be right and both sides can be wrong, but there's got to be legal issues that are dealt with uh, through this process. And Steve, why don't you talk to, about some of the hurdles that you're facing with the Somerville Property Owners Coalition? Well, what we're specifically facing is a shutdown of the small condo, owner, well, the small two- and three-family, multifamily houses and the ability to to develop them so specifically if you can't go to market for a year and a half and that's basically what's happening and you have to offer uh the previous tenant and the city of somerville via a non-profit the property before you go to market and then there's control issues as far as rent and even pricing then that's really o overbearing um for and over restrictive from the city's perspective and the result is and for anybody that's in the multifamily business you know that about half the buyers i would say 50 60 percent of the buyers are developers so specifically the place the prices were inflated beyond what an owner occupant could typically afford beyond what the rents would cover so it was only the developers paying this money 
so, for these properties. So, Steve, uh, how far along in the process of bringing rent control into the picture are we? It has the it has the threat of rent control. I don't think we're very far with that at all. But the fact is, as part of this ordinance, they're trying to control rents. They're trying to force you to offer to the tenant and to the city, for example, the unit. Now they're letting you set the price, but then if the tenant doesn't decide to buy the property and the city passes, they're not allowing you to change that price for three months. So you could wait a year and a half, offer it to them, and then the city won't let you change it for three months. So if the market shifts and changes and you want to reduce the price, for example, they're not allowing you to do that either. You can't even lower the price? You can't specifically lower the price for 90 days. I would think they would want to allow that. That, that. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It, well, I think what they're thinking is um, that you're going to offer a price that's unrealistically high. That's the only way I can think this makes any sense. So if you th they think you're going to offer an unrealistically high price and the city and the tenant pass, then you adjust it and put it on the market. But that doesn't make any sense to me either. And that's so paranoid. It is. I, I don't see any other reason for the policy. That, that's so paranoid. So, so it's not law yet. This isn't... Well, no. It was supposed to go into effect on July 31st. Today. So, today. Um, and we've uh, filed an injunction, um, served the city of Somerville about a week ago. Uh, their attorney talked to our attorney, and they agreed to continue it until the 15th. Our attorney... The 15th of August. Correct. So our attorney, our attorney negotiated that during that time period and a week after that, after the court hearing, that nothing could be put into effect regarding this new ordinance, and they agreed with that. So specifically, it was a week after we appear, so we, the judge can come to some type of a ruling, hopefully, and while the judge uh, makes up their mind, we wanted to make sure that nothing was put into effect, which the city agreed to that as well. And is this the only city in the country that's looking at doing anything like this? Uh, it's the only city in the Commonwealth that I'm aware of that even has a condo review board. So that's what's kind of shocking about this whole thing. We were already head and shoulders the most, the most strict city that I've seen as far as condo conversions. So you took what was already a pretty strict policy and you doubled down. So I mean, you condo made review board would say what? They, they, don't like, they don't like the floor plan? They don't like the condo Condo review fee? board wants to make sure that the tenants aren't getting displaced. Yes, a lot of it has to do about retaining rental units. Correct. Mm -hmm. And then the alderman, one of the aldermen, or we can't call them aldermen anymore because that's not proper. Alder we have person. To call them, we have Alder to, peoples. We have to <laughs> call them city councilors, I think. Okay. <laughs> so, so one of them actually stated um, that, um, first of all, they stated they didn't want the housing units being pulled off the, off the market and we had a rental emergency. Um, and that, I think, uh, was somewhat misleading in that the new bill that they proposed doesn't promote any new housing. And, in fact, it, re it restricts housing. It leaves places vacant. Well, if someone were trying to do this, they're not renting out their units. But one of the things he complained about is that most of the people that were going before the condo review board were coming to the review board with empty housing. Well, you weren't buying the house with a tenant in it because then you'd have to wait a year. So, of course, they were coming to the board with empty, vacant houses. So he thought it was kind of a, if you, if you will, to put it bluntly, a scam that only those type of properties were being presented before the board. Well, it wasn't a scam at all because if they weren't empty, the developers weren't buying them because they didn't want to carry them. So that's the reason why the majority of those houses went before the board. 
uh, no one wants to give the tenant a year notice under the old law and wait that year and carry. So that makes so perfect sense. What <coughs> worst case scenario? What what do you, what do you what do you predict as far as uh, let's let's say the fifteenth uh, the judge rules uh, against your initiative and and they're going to put um, uh, some controls on on everything. Do you see prices? Dropping? Absolutely. There's no question. If 50 to 60 percent of your buyers are developers, and only the developers could pay those prices, and you knock them out of the market. Okay. So let's push ahead. Let's say prices immediately tank 10 percent. They're immediately tanking now. They're tanking now. Absolutely. So, uh, so give, give give us 10 to numbers. 20. 10 to 20 percent is is what I'm seeing right now. Right. Over what period of time? A six month, a year period of time? No, I'm talking about since people really found out about this initiative. Since really people found out about this ordinance and developers realized that they can't buy this because they go to see their attorneys and their architects. And if plans were going to be done after Are this people ordinance. people walking away from escrow and not closing? I have not seen that. Um, but, for example, um, we were putting in contingencies that they had to have a condo removal permit. So the owners of the properties, if that's what the developer was paying a premium for, the owners of the properties had to go before the condo review board and get that condo removal permit to hold that pricing. So explain what a condo removal. So a condo removal permit is you go before the board, they check out the history of this vacant house, want to make sure that no one was displaced wrongfully, and if they think that it can be a, a condo unit officially, then they will allow, allow you to convert it to condos. And we can't sell them as condos without that removal permit. Wow. That was already in place. But so, now you're saying... So do you get most of your business in Somerville? Yes. And how is this affecting your business? Oh, it affect me a lot. There, there's no... And, and I pretty much specialize in this stuff. So two and three family, you know, small property development. And I've done bigger stuff as much as like 29 units. But um, this, this is the bread and butter. This is, you know my concentration so the bigger projects are not affected as much as the smaller the bigger correct so if someone if you were taking a commercial parcel for example let's say you're taking i don't know an old gas station and converting it that's that doesn't apply because there's nobody being displaced per se but there's a few things that got people really upset one is they didn't know about it so you're doing this in the summer right there was supposed to there was a meeting held there some of old Chamber of Commerce found out about it. Other people found out about it. There was supposed to be a second meeting. They canceled the meeting, and they put through the proposal. So even after we had the f we had the first meeting, um, where after that so meeting, so you're, you're not getting due process. That's not why, at all. That's why you've hired an attorney. That's absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, when the owners found out about it, and, it's, and they're trying to paint a picture that everybody's in favor of this, just like they did for the transfer tax, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But they're saying the mayor's on board, and everybody's in favor of this, like it's, you know. So the group that started this whole initiative is made up by tenant rights activists? Um, they're... Um, let, me, let me jump in here please, for a minute ahead. because the, the two sides of this, there's the Property Owners Coalition, and this has been going on since the beginning of, of these, these issues being discussed. There's the property owners, then there's the tenants' rights act activists. And as you know, here in Massachusetts, we're a real tenants' rights activist 
kind of organization. And it's, it's wonderful to say we care about the tenants. Uh, it makes it difficult for growth in our cities and towns. Somerville is affected right now because of this. I'm gonna, I, I, just, I really want to read a quote from one of the aldermen, and this honestly shocked me. So after people found out about the Property Owners Coalition and we started taking donations, one of the people, uh, actually one of the residents of Ward 5 in Somerville, pulled this off of not only this alderman's website, which it's still on, but also, you know, it was part of his newsletter. So he says, quite frankly, while I'm not a socialist, I now believe that the only way to provide a substantial amount of affordable housing in Somerville is to take housing out of the free market economy by deed restricting it to be permanently affordable to low and middle income tenants or owners. That's a, that's crazy. That's frightening. That's yeah. the, the one of the one of the, you know, aldermen. I wouldn't even say that's socialism. It sounds a lot like uh, communism. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, and and uh, hey, how about zoning? How about how about clusters? You know, zoning or something. There's other ways to deal with this. And when when somebody read that that w- that I posted to the website and they uh, questioned him on it, he basically responded with that he didn't care when he was running unopposed. <laughs> that was the response to this. That and, should that should wake somebody up. Uh, There'll uh, be some agent activist that will happily run against him. Absolutely. So how many years has it been since Somerville had rent control previously? I think back in the 70s. It probably went into the 80s. There was somebody that actually came to one of our meetings who was a Somerville Property Owners Association, SPOA, which still has money and dealt with the rent control issues and really spearheaded overturning it. Uh, I don't remember exactly when, but... 1995. Was it 95? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I remember, yeah, it was in going in place in the 80s, but I didn't know exactly when it was. Well, it, and, and it was an end run around. They didn't go to the town. The towns like Somerville and Cambridge and Brookline and Boston, they were all for that because they need affordable housing as voting public, especially Cambridge, which is uh, something like 80% rental. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing number of rentals there. So they were for that. But when they came up to to vote on this, some smart legislator decided, let's make this a state initiative, not a town initiative. And the state law would supersede the town law in that. And that's what happened in 1995. And it was they only won by one two percent, 51 to 49 percent. And Somerville and Cambridge at that time. Yeah, strongly. Yeah, but, and, but and that's, that's what too. killed the Wasn't law. Wasn't it Boston as well? Well, I don't, I don't know on Boston. Yeah. I do know Cambridge, Somerville, um, uh, Brookline. There's one other town in there. I'm sorry, I don't have that. But these notes. are these are new aldermen. Um, there's a lot of people speaking, uh, you know, for this proposal to be overly strict, and they don't care about the property values dropping. But a lot of them aren't homeowners, and they're speaking for homeowners. So what I was getting at before is. Even after our first meeting, I'm going to tell you 80% of the 80 people that showed up did not know about it. Even after that first meeting and trying to get the word out, even with, you know, when we were talking to people after putting this, you know, the Somerville Property Owners Coalition together, uh, hardly, hardly anybody knew about this. And, and they weren't happy when they did. So it's, it's really just a group of um, aldermen, uh, council people, whatever, yeah. that, that have gotten together and decided we can, we can do this. And whether they say we it or not. The, we have the power. I, I believe so. And whether they say it or not, a socialist aspiration, I'm going to tell you that. So when we go outside the alderman's chambers at City Hall and there's, there's a table set up and they're passing out socialist newspapers and pins, you tell me. Wow. 
Well, so, okay, so... Democratic socialism or socialist mm-hmm. socialism? It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so let's, let's really. say this, this goes through, you're going you're gonna to fight it. Right. And uh, while it's in place, maybe it's a good time to buy in Somerville? Um, that's a good question, Jim. <laughs> I did talk to an appraiser, uh, an MBREA guy, right before this. And yes. The question I asked him was, is this affecting prices? And he said, yes, it may. Um, appraisals, not prices. Mm-hmm. Will it affect the appraisals? And and what he suggested is uh, he knew nothing about what was going on in Somerville right now, and he doesn't work mostly in Somerville. But what what he suggested is that then the purchaser, because he deals a lot with purchasers, that's who who uh, uh, has the appraisals being done for them, um, said that they would come in with a strategy that, okay, we're going to rent this, we're going to keep the rents for another year, and we're going to work through the stuff for the condo conversion for the, final, uh, for the next year. That, that's the, that it's going to limit the type of developers that are out there. No question. This is the thing, too. The, the developers don't have to deal with this in any other town. Not Cambridge, not Medford, not Boston, nowhere else. Right, so people will just shift. They already have. Yeah, they'll shift a, <laughs> a, a, I, they'll shift a mile and buy in Medford. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from, heard from people lately that I'm, I'm not doing it in some of them. What's amazing is it's affected the buyers. Because there's so much unrest in Somerville, they're almost afraid to buy here. Right. This and we've heard that from people. This is a confusing issue, though. This is a confusing issue for people. Uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and uh, the reason I couldn't remember the other town's name is because it's Lynn. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't have thought of Lynn. But Me it, neither. Yeah. Um, but I just found it here in my notes. But what I was also surprised to hear is that um, Somerville reached 20% affordable housing. And they're the only city in the entire Boston area to reach that. So not only did they already have the strictest policy in place for condo conversion, but they also had 20% affordable housing. So to say that the previous policies weren't effective, you know, I I think are are a misstatement. And these counselors don't, they really don't care about listening to the property owners and the fact that they're trying to push it through as they are without the second hearing. And and I read all the, you know, the... The so how does statement. this affect the actual rents? Let, let's say, you know, you're just affecting the condo conversion, the pricing of the the market on that side of it, not having anything to do with rent control on the rents. When the prices go down, are the rents going to go down? This Prob- pro- this probably is, not. Probably not. This is the thing, right? You, it's the old supply and demand. So if this is stopping new units from being done, and part of building the new units was you had Rental to provide an affordable will stay component. stay the same or go up. Or, or go up. Because if you're not building new housing, you're not be- building new affordable. So we'll cut down on the new conversions, that, which will keep the exa- existing housing stock where it is. You're not building any new housing, which means you're not building Do any affordable Do you have an economist housing. in your group that is trying to talk some sense into these people? No, but it would probably be a good idea because they're, they're completely off and... And they're thinking, and they don't think really think through the effects of what they're doing, right? W- without question, it's like one of the people got up in one of our meetings and said, "Listen, some of us having a road race, and a notice goes out to every single resident on the, you know, on their phones, right? Every single resident. There's a snow emergency, and you can't park on the other side of the street. But here's a policy that could affect hundreds of thousands of dollars of set every some of homeowner." That owns a multifamily, right? And have, no notice goes out. Have you done? <laughs> have you done a calculation of what this could 
but could be in in terms. Well, if if it affects the pricing, that affects the appraisals. That You're, affects the taxes. Absolutely. So somebody else brought that up too, and they're absolutely right. So what happens when all these properties owners go in for abatements? Absolutely. Because their property values just dropped. I mean, okay. the or city their neighbor's th- property dropped, and they want theirs to drop no as question. well. I mean, are, you th- are they thinking about that? Probably not. So, do you live in Somerville? I Steve? do not. Okay, all right. Because I was going to say, are you running for? Uh, but you own council. property in Somerville. <laughs> I do, I do. You own property in Somerville. Yeah, but you have to be a resident to be you on do. the board. Well, but part of the reason why these these politicians don't care if you have a, in a district. I don't know this guy's district, but if it's mostly renters, they're going to be for this anyway. If the if the city of Somerville is like seventy percent renters, yeah, you know then. But the point is, you know, you don't try to sneak stuff through. It's it's a democratic. But it's going it's going to affect the the rentals. Yeah, it either, either the quality of the maintenance is going to go down. So, something's going to happen. Listen, the property the developers bought, the people, other people weren't buying them. They took the worst properties in Somerville yeah. and made them the best properties in Somerville. And because of what's been created by the developers and the millions and millions of dollars they've dumped in, now it's become so popular. You want to drive them out? Well, the same thing could happen in reverse. It wasn't that long ago. We Sounds were, like the Middle East. <laughs> no one wanted Israel. It wasn't that long ago. We were slumable. People don't recall that. That's how bad it was. People didn't want to live here. They nicknamed it that. I mean, everybody knows that. But uh, now it's cool. And, and Now it's too uh, expensive to live in. <laughs> well, you know, it, but again, I think they've put, they have put you know, affordable initiatives in place that uh, are commendable. Yeah, and twenty percent is a, is an amazing number. It is, and I think there's you know there's ways to do it. I mean, we listen. Bottom line is, we're not against affordable housing. We're not against trying to create affordable initiatives. You know, you could, dare I say, and I've never said it before, but you could create a fee, right? That could go towards an affordable housing program. Just as an example, the only well, let's w- let's talk about that fee. Yeah. What, what about that uh, transfer uh, fee? I mean, talk about it first. Per, what is it? How's it calculated? The, tra- the transfer fee would be on uh, every sale, and it would be charged to the buyer and to the, the seller. seller. Single, Each, single family, too? Um, I think it's in general. Yeah, it's every property. Every property. Every property. Commercial, industrial. It I, is. I think it was every sale, wasn't it? Yes. It's, it's for a resale. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be for a new sale. Right. Is what you're suggesting, yeah. So it's, well, it's no, I, I, so, so what's a new sale? A uh, brand new building. Well, I thought it was for a resale. Yeah, I think it's for a resale too. Okay. I'm, we're we're looking at it right now. It's it's uh, house stock at 784 Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And is that already passed? Uh, it's. In, I think that I think that went to pass, and I believe it's either been delayed or stopped but it had i knew it i know it didn't go into effect and i knew they i know they had a hearing at at the state house so they were supposed to have two hearings they only had one hearing as of now so they they need to have that second hearing. and if it's just somerville why is it at the state house um because it's been booted up there because it's not this the city can't make that call on a local level and so it's it's much like the end around they did when they got rid of rent control in 1995. They went to the state level to dictate to the to the communities what they can and what they can't do. Okay, so the state is taking this uh, and running with it. There's uh, uh, several uh, 26 Middlesex, 27 Middlesex, 34 Middlesex, second Middlesex. Sounds like it's 
totally middle Middlesex so driven district court. Correct. Yeah. But if so, what a lot of the people that developers I've talked to is they just want something finite in place, and then you can you can work from that. So even if they said, uh, let's say they said ten or fifteen thousand per unit as a fee towards affordable housing, at least you know what you're dealing. That's with. a lot of money. It is. Oh, two, there's no question. Two percent on every sale? That's crazy. It is. And let's face it, you know, you're trying to help buyers purchase. Right. So a first-time buyer comes in, let's say they have a 5% down payment, and you're trying to charge them a percent. That's a big deal to them. So That's, that's a, a deal breaker. Amount. Yeah, it absolutely is a yeah. deal breaker. Right. But you can put, the point is, I guess, you can put, listen, they just announced a, a ridiculous amount of lab space that's going in. Um, I think it was a hundred and. 40,000 square feet of lab space. Or it might have even been more than that um, that's going in Somerville. So when you're putting in these type of things, why why can't you put in a housing affordable component? Why is this the homeowners that have to bear the brunt of all this stuff? They, they usually do. Just I mean, increase uh, a little bit of tax on the commercial industrial. Uh, absolutely. You could. Properties. This is a subject we could spend hours on. So we have a question. Let's let's get to our question. Okay. Uh, Wendy Boynton from Charlotte, North Carolina. She's asking, I'm thinking of investing in real estate instead of stocks and bonds, and my fear is that I won't be able to cover the costs of increasing taxes and maintenance if my local market doesn't see rent increases. Oh, this is pretty current. Uh, how do you suggest I position my finances and mindset to make this new investment a positive direction for me and my family. Steve, that'd be an interesting one for you. I think you're looking in a location that's upwardly mobile. So specifically in our location, we try to, I always recommend getting close to a T station, for example. Yeah. Um, so, because those are the highest in demand as well as a university. Um, so I don't know the areas that she's looking specifically, but you look for high demand areas that even when the, the economy goes down, those areas are affected last. And I tell people if those are very strong locations, when the economy starts to turn around, they're the first ones to recover. So, um, I would really try to concentrate, you know, it's the old adage and it's, it's absolutely true. Location, location, location. I think people define that differently. I, I I do because you mentioned to be close to a T stop. That's our our transportation here right. in the Boston area. And um, I always say, well, one block, two blocks, three blocks, and that don't think about it today. Think about it when it's twenty degrees below zero. It's a really good point, Cox. I'm going to tell you something right now. When I was young in my twenties, I bought a house that was uh, five to six tenths of a mile from Tufts campus. It might as well have been ten miles away. Those kids want to roll out of bed, walk to the end of their street, and be on campus. So no, nobody, no parents were ever told about that, my place. That's but, where so I that's went to a school. really good point. I wasn't going to walk. <laughs> right, right. You want to be a block away, and a half a mile is like Siberia to the to the kids. So, so uh, let's uh, um, because we have consumers who also listen, and we've done a lot of uh, real estate talk here. Uh, basically, we're talking about two opposing forces, rental forces and affordability force. So someone who owns a property, they, of course, want the best uh, rents for their properties, uh, market price. Uh, towns want to, uh, if you're putting in thousands of, of uh, square feet of, of space for a lab, then who's going to work in those labs? Where are those right. people going to live? That's true. And and so there's a, a there's a back and forth on this, and people of reasonable minds need to get together and talk about this. There's no question. I'm going to tell you under the old 
ordinance. We, we, I handled exclusively a 29-unit building. Four of those units had to be given for affordable housing. The market price on those and what they sold for was over a $3 million difference. So that was basically like the developer donating $3 million, and that's under the old ordinance. Now, he really found it overly restrictive. Was that a 40B? That was not a 40B. There's no 40B necessary because we're way over the affordable component required. So, and I'm going to tell you, he builds in a lot of other communities, and he found it overly restrictive here, and he will not be back. There was 86 conditions put on the permit. It took so, after. So, so what is the profile for the buyer in, in Somerville today if they know? Well, in fact, are the brokers revealing, representing, uh, updating everyone? I guess they have to. Otherwise, they have a potential liability. More and more. Um, it's still, you know, part of the reason why we've formed the coalition is to kind of get the word out, too. So uh, more and more people are finding out about it. You know, I'm telling you what got the it's attention. It's terrifying. It is. What got yeah. the attention of people is when they hear that, you know, Steve Bremis and the Somerville Property Owners Coalition f- filed a lawsuit now all against the city. Now all of a sudden that's news. Before that, you know, it really wasn't anything. And let's face it, from the local level, if you're a lawyer that does condo conversions, if you're a developer, if you're an architect doing business with the city, that's a tough position to be in. You don't want you don't want that backlash. So even though, and I've heard this from a couple of people, even the existing ordinance, which was bad, but nowhere near as bad as the new one, um, ha- it still had components of being of illegalities and constitutional things, but people dealt with it and they accepted it because they could work with it. This new ordinance, you can't work with it. I mean, it's it's brutal. Yeah, two percent and wake up agents. Else. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the agents in the National Association of Realtors have always been uh, aware of these. Uh, situations and on a national level that from, work from the realtors perspective the greater boston real estate board got a hold of the national association of realtors they got a grant and they had an attorney review the ordinance and they came back with a 13 page response to the ordinance and that's how we know there's constitutional issues because the attorneys that that reviewed this for the national association of realtors that was part of their response that was part of their concern so that that was just part of you know, so NAR is stepping up. NAR can't get um, involved in any lawsuits, but they definitely stepped up as far as breaking breaking down the ordinance and giving their response, which I gave to the Somerville Journal and I've made public for anybody that wants to read it. But there was no question; there was an effort. And you can read that online. Where? Um, if you, we'll tr- we're going to put together a website. But if anybody wants to send information to me directly, I would be happy to send that out. Go, go ahead, give your... That's sjbremis at gmail, so it's s-j-b-r-e-m-i-s at, at gmail. We can send the ordinance, and we can send the um, National Association of Realtors response to it. Great. And and how about your GoFundMe page? What's the URL for that? Um, I... Well, while you're looking for it, I'm going to slip in our sure. sponsorship. Broker Talk is sponsored today by Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers. Online, go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs. Well, uh, we can put that up uh, when, we, when we post our, our show, and we can include, uh, include that there, Steve. That's perfect. 
Um, there is a GoFundMe page. I, I think this is a uh, an important issue that uh, you can look at from both sides. We do need affordable housing, but we need it to be reasonable. We need to allow our capitalist system to work. Correct. In in an appropriate way, and most people, most of the developers I know, they they live in these communities, and they're neighbors, and they care about their communities. So they're not looking to. Well, this affects you. everyone. It affects everyone. I'm going to tell you. Even recently, we had this piece of property. It's one of the cheapest two families that I've put up for sale in the in the past few years, and this was about a year and a half ago. It was under eight hundred thousand. Which, if you're, I, I know some people might be listening and say that's a lot of money, but not when most of the multifamilies and some of them. Will 900 and over a million so here's a property with a nice yard with parking that someone could buy and for i don't know for like and it's a type of thing that was priced low enough you thought there might be multiple bids no one came forward to purchase this property except for a developer so here's something with the grass growing up four or five feet right the place is unlivable it could have been something that someone else could have bought but this is the this is what happened with the rest of some of them too. So if no one's buying these properties and the developers are coming in and fixing it, then how is that such a terrible thing? It's a who it's, it's the haves and have nots yeah. that, that that's it's really a battle. And, and the people that don't have are not going to have because no one wanted to live there anyway. These are the people that were bringing it back to life. Right. And, right. You, and you need them to come in with money I mean, yeah, their alter- their their motive is to make a little money, but so what? That's that's, that's a, how kind it of happens. the capitalist system. No one's going to come in and dump all that time and spend over a year on a property and and do it for nothing. But you know what? Any homeowner or anybody else could buy that property, live in there, fix it up, and they could do the exact same thing. Sweat equity. But the capital's not there for them to do it. And those co- properties sit and they rot. They cou- they couldn't get financing probably right. either. Yeah, it's they, not they, that easy. Wouldn't be FHA or VA. That's for sure. Too high. Yeah, yeah. the limits are too high. Well, great show. Thank you to our guest, Steve Bremis. What a, what a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, we didn't great. even get to any of our news, but... Uh, we'll do it next week. Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. Thank you, guys. Thank Th- you.